Once again, guys, the Voice of the Nations broadcast is here. We are on the air. This is Carrie B. Vine Radio. Many, many powerful blessings. Uh, I pray that they will come upon your life and that you will begin to walk in your divine destiny in this hour. I have been teaching about the seven spirits of God, concentrating on the spirit of knowledge. And uh, we left off with the story about uh, the evangelist Philip, how he had uh, operated in the silence, wonders and miracles, how he ministered to an Ethiopian eunuch and brought him revelation about the word of the Lord and baptized him and the spirit of the Lord took him away. He vanished. He was gone. So let's continue in our lesson study. I want uh, to take a look at Proverbs, the 20th chapter and the 15th verse. It reads as follows. There is gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. That's a beautiful scripture. The Bible says there is gold and abundance of costly stones all different types of diamonds and rubies, precious stones. But the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. When a person is speaking knowledge, it's as if their lips are precious as rubies and diamonds, precious jewels, the lips of knowledge. It is so awesome. It's so wonderful to be around someone who is a learned person that speaking knowledge and wisdom, bringing forth information, understanding, revelation to the things that God has led them to speak about. I love being around the wives. I love being around the older saints that have a lot of wisdom. They've gone through some things in life and they are there to share it with you if you sit down and you will listen to them. I mean, these older saints, they have a lot of stories about life, a lot of stories that they can give us and some insight they can give us to where we may want to go in life. Some of the things to watch out, the roadblocks, uh, the warning signs uh, that you can get from them. So hang around people that have knowledge and wisdom. They don't necessarily have to be elderly. They can be young and full of wisdom because of their life experiences. And so this is a, a beautiful scripture. The lips of knowledge are precious jewel. Make sure your lips, the words you say, they are precious to someone that will receive them. Proverbs 24 and 14 says, Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. Uh, wisdom and knowledge, understanding, they go together. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Um, so you have to have that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find wisdom, you're going to find understanding and knowledge too. Um, there will be a future. You're going to have a future if you have wisdom and your hope will not be cut off. Proverbs 3 and 20 says by his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew by the knowledge of God. The deeps broke open and the clouds drop down the dew. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just spend, <laughs> just say for instance, one hour a day sitting at the feet of the Lord, having encounters, and he's just pouring you out more and more and more. I guarantee you, you may not have liked uh, 
uh, high school or secondary school or college or whatever, I'm telling you that if you are able to sit at the feet of the Lord and he's pouring out knowledge, that's a class you would love to go to every single day of your life. We're speaking about the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of knowledge. When you have knowledge, I think it's your responsibility to give that knowledge to others that will receive it. Some people are not going to receive your knowledge, but uh, when you have learned something, and you see someone that is inquisitive about learning, uh, just like Philip saw with the Ethiopian eunuch. He saw that he was inquisitive. He didn't know what he was reading, but he imparted knowledge, impart some knowledge today to someone. Proverbs 3 and 7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. That's wisdom and that's knowledge. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs 8 and 10 says, take my instruction instead of silver, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. The writer is saying, take instruction over silver and knowledge over gold. Now, gold and silver are two precious commodities but the, the writer is saying, take instruction instead of silver and knowledge over gold. Because with instruction and knowledge, it will eventually bring you into silver and gold if you use it right. Proverbs 9 and 10. I think we've gone over this one, but it's worth hearing again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of your wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. All of this is, is, is telling us, all of these scriptures are pointing us to we need to get knowledge from God. The best way to get it is from knowledge himself. And that's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of knowledge. Psalms 119 and 66 Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. It's wise to have good judgment. You, you make good decisions, life decisions. You have to make good judgments for a job, good judgments, whether it's time to buy a house or live in an apartment good judgment rather to rent or get a mortgage just good judgment because every season you need a certain amount of judgment to make wise decision psalms 19 and 2 says day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge knowledge is being revealed every night every single day day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge Come into the counsel of God so you can receive knowledge. Go to where knowledge is being poured out. Be a part of a ministry where you're receiving knowledge, insight, instruction, wisdom, and understanding. Don't spend the rest of your life in a dead place. You're just there because your family was there. It's a family church, family ministry. You've been there all your life. Everybody else in your family been there all their life. 
and there's nothing growing. That may be fine for them, but it may not be right for you. Go to where knowledge, understanding, insight, wisdom is being poured out. That's how you grow. Isaiah 44, 24 and 25. It says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, He who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the science of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backwards and makes their knowledge foolish. The scripture is speaking about some foolish knowledge, knowledge of diviners and black magic and witchcraft and all of those that practice that dark art people that consider themselves wise but have not sought the counsel of god have not been into uh, his presence to ask questions of him there's a wisdom a knowledge of this world there are people that are wise in god and there are people that are considered wise in the world the ones that are wise in god are the really wise ones but the Bible says God makes their knowledge foolishness because they'll look at the things of the Lord, look at the things of the Bible, and they'll say, that's crazy, that's stupid, that's foolish. Like you're paying your tithes, why would you give tithes to a God that you can't see? How are you going to take 10% of your finances and God will bless the rest of the 90? That's foolishness. I'm going to make my own way. That's foolishness to them. I'd rather put it in stocks and bonds. I'd rather get an IRA. I'd rather get a real estate investments. There's nothing wrong with getting all of that. But you have to be connected to God to really walk into his blessings and his power. That's where the real blessing comes from. Being connected to the Lord and and building upon his kingdom, advancing the kingdom of heaven. That's where the real power comes from. That's where the glory falls from. Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now listen to Paul. Listen what his prayer is. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul is speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he said that I heard of your faith in Christ. I've heard of your love for the saints. And I'm always praying for you, mentioning you in my prayers. And my prayer for you is that the God of the Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, that he will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, we have been talking about the seven spirits of God. And I said that it's only one spirit that is manifesting himself uh, in many different ways and even more. Now we see the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation 
in the knowledge of him. When you get the spirit of wisdom and revelation, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, it'll move you into a different dimension. It'll give you a greater edge with someone who's more qualified than you. Because now you have heaven backing you up. Heaven has stamped uh, a stamp of approval on your life. And then he says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? This is a powerful scripture. This is one of those uh, scriptures that many in the prophetic, they remember, they memorize um they recite daily they're 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 people that recite especially the 17th 18th and 19th verse they recite this daily praise god that the god of our lord jesus christ the father glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and that your eyes the eyes of your understanding the bible says that that your understanding has eyes your understanding, when, when you get the spirit of knowledge, when you get understanding, it's like a person having eyes to be able to see. Eyes to be able to see and be enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling. Why has he called you? What is his calling? What is the ministry purpose for? He, he allows you to see with your eyes of understanding riches and glory that are given to the saints that are part of their inheritance. You see, you have an inheritance from God. That inheritance is connected with Christ. When you connect it with him, you receive of his inheritance. That's why we need to know what the word of the Lord say. That's why we need to have the spirit of knowledge so we can know what the Bible is speaking about. We need to get this, this, this inheritance. If, if someone left you a million dollars and no one told you anything about it, you could be living in extreme poverty all your life and not even know that you're a millionaire until it's revealed unto you by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. When you get understanding, when, when you pray to the point that whatever is supposed to come into your hands, it'll come into your hands. You have to have uh, understanding and knowledge and wisdom to be even be able to pray effectively. I'm not saying just praying now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take that's for babies even the Lord's prayer that's just a model prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done that's a model prayer you should not be praying that um, now if you have walked with the Lord you should have your own 
prayer. You shouldn't have to pray the Our Father's Prayer before you go to bed. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm saying if you walk with God any length of time, you should have advanced from the Our Father's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. You should have words that will bubble up in your spirit where you can articulate conversation with God, dialogue with God, coming directly from out of your spirit. You should be able to call those things that are not present into your life until they manifest. When you walk with God long enough and you have developed a prayer life, you should be able to, to stand your ground and walk in this spirit until something happens. What I found out about a lot of people, they don't want to pray until something happens and then they want to call on the name of God and there's no power behind it. Or they want to call their pastor or call some other leader where they need prayer. There are times you're going to have to pray by yourself. There are times no one is going to pick up the phone. What are you going to do then? You have to prepare for disaster just in case it happens. With prayer that if this happened, I'm going to be ready because I have already prayed. Amen. So this is a, a right right on time scripture and that's a scripture that we really need in this hour powerful scripture Ephesians the third chapter 14 through the 19th verse says for this reason I bow my knee to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. The prayer is that God would grant unto you according to his riches in glory to be strengthened with might or power through his spirit in your inner man. There are times when you need to be strengthened with the might of God, the spirit of might needs to come on your life where your prayer life, your passion, your uh, walk in God is elevated to the next level because the spirit of might has come on you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, rooted, grounded in love, you take an oak tree and you take a tree. They are massive in circumference. Their roots go deep. Their, their roots can go a block or two or three blocks. It's going all over searching for water. It's digging down in the earth. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you're being rooted and grounded in love. You're not rooted in the earth. You're rooted in love. Now think about this. Think about love as a soul, a type of soul, S-O-I-L. Let your roots of your faith go down deep in that soul and grab a hold to the soul of love. Praise God. And that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the Lord of Christ, the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, that's so powerful. That is so, so powerful. That your roots going down so deep that you, 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 you know the love of Christ which passes 
all knowledge, praise God, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That happens when your roots go down deep in love. Praise the name of the Lord for this teaching. This is, I'm telling you, the spirit of knowledge. I pray that you would share uh, these broadcasts and invite someone to listen to them that may be going through something. I may want to learn the word of God. Voice of the Nations, Carrie B, Vine Radio. Talk to you guys real soon. Be blessed. Welcome to the Voice of the Nations broadcast. I'm your host for today. This is Carrie B, Vine Radio. I have been teaching about the seven spirits of God. And on yesterday, I left off with the spirit of knowledge. Today, I want to speak about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, uh, we've been speaking about the seven spirits of God. And it's not seven spirits. It is one spirit, the Holy Spirit, that manifests itself in at least seven different powerful ways to the body of Christ. Let's go over it again. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And that scripture is coming from Isaiah, the 11th chapter. Let's once again take a look at the first through the fifth verse. Now, it is speaking about Jesus in the context of who this spirit is going to be upon. It said, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. Now, let me stop right there. Now, um, when we see the word of the Lord saying that the sevenfold manif manifestation of God's spirit will be on him, is speaking about Jesus. Now, in the third verse of the 11th chapter of Isaiah is something very uh, detailed and important that you need to take a look at. It says, his delight, speaking about Christ, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Jesus even has fear of his Father. Now, if he has fear of the Lord, then you need to have fear also. And we're going to speak about what this fear of the Lord is. The Bible says he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. So, when we are looking at Jesus, and the Bible says that we are kings and priests in the earth, that we are ruling and reigning now with Christ, not just in um, the ages to come, but now. And the part I like about this scripture it's the way that the Lord uh, judges with righteousness. How he deals with cases, he deals with cases with righteousness. 
I look at the current problems that we are having in our political system here in America. And I list, I look at both parties, the Democrats and Republicans, and each one of them are calling each one of the others liars and pointing the finger and all of them messed up because what they're judging with is the judging of their hearts or the judgings of the flesh or their party. They're not really judging with righteousness because if the truth be told, all of them are messed up. All of them have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of them operate in biases. It's been that way for years. But the thing I like about God He's not the God of any party. He's not taking your side when you are wrong. He does not do that. He speaks the truth. He judges in righteousness. The Bible says the breath of his lips slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his ways. Now, that is so powerful. So we're seeing um, this instance of the spirit of the fear of the Lord and how all of this, all of the manifestations of one spirit was on Christ. And he walked in so much power. Now, the word translated fear in many versions of the Bible comes from the Hebrew word yari, which has a range of, of meanings in scripture. Sometimes it refers to the fear you know, we may feel in anticipation of some kind of danger or pain, but it can also mean awe, a reverence. Uh, in a lot of sense, Yari includes the idea of wonder, amazement, mystery, astonishment, gratitude, admiration, and even worship. So when we're speaking about the fear of the Lord, all of that is inclusive of that word fear. And uh, we're going to go over a few scriptures and we're going to find out um, the beauty of being uh, understanding the fear of the spirit of fear of the Lord in our life. Colossians, the third chapter, if you would turn to it, or either just listen as I read it. The fifth verse says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covenants, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Now, the Lord says that if you're operating in any of these sins, fornication, uncleanliness, evil passions, that's basically what it's talking about, evil desires and covenants, Covenants is what you all you desire to have something someone else have. You always got to, you know, have this evil desire to not want them to have it, and 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 you want it in the place, and you don't want them to have it. It's it's a evil thing. It says which is idolatry, because of these types of sins, that it brings a wrath of God on the sons of disobedience. God said if you do those things. You're operating in disobedience. And then he says, in once in which you all yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Uh, but now you yourselves are to put all of these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouths. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds 
and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The more knowledge you have of God, the more you will fear God. Especially if you're living in sin, you should have a real fear of God. (laughs) Your fear should be to the point that it is a clear and present danger, the sin that you're in, that can bring the wrath of God upon your life. If you know anything about God, you would not want a lifestyle of sin. If you know anything about the judgment of the evil and the wicked and the unsaved, you would not want anything to do with sin. Now, we all sin and we fall short of God's standard. But for the believer, a believer does not have to sin because the power of sin has been broken off of their lives. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. We sin when we're drawn away with our own lust, entice, and, you know, all of this gives birth to sin and to death. So we have a choice. The sinner does not have a choice. The unsaved does not have a choice. The unredeemed, they don't have a choice. They have to sin because the power, the law of sin and death is still working in their bodies. And so the more you know about God, the more you respect him in awe, in reverence, but in godly fear that I cannot continue to live my life like this. Else one day I will have to stand before God who is a consuming fire, a consuming fire. Joshua, the fourth chapter. Let's take a look at that. Let's look at the 21st. I'll start reading at the 21st verse. It said, Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? And then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel cross over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Joshua had the people um, to take some stones as memorial. And he said that when your children Asked a question, what are these stones for? We see them, but what do they represent? And then his response to the parents is that you shall let your children know that we cross over this place on dry ground. And then he was telling them about all of the people will know because of the great miracles that God did with a mighty hand, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. They were there so they could remember and fear God forever. We haven't really seen that side of God, most of us, that will make us fear and tremble. 
That's why a lot of people can do things and they have no, excuse me, no regards of God. They don't fear at all. They don't fear because they don't know him. And I'm telling you, if you ever get to the place where you know God, <laughs> when you know him better than you knew your parents when you were growing up, there's certain things you just didn't do. <laughs> you did not dare do. I mean, in my house, it was certain things I might have done outside of the eyes of my parents, but I knew not to do them in the house because I knew what was coming. It was going to be an extension cord or belt or something upside my head. So I feared doing certain things. And in that fear, I honored and respected them. It's a bad thing when children don't fear their parents. When children get to the place, they don't listen. They don't care what they have to say. Neither do they regard them as far as discipline them. That's a bad thing. The Bible, well, the Bible doesn't say it, but we've always said, spare the rod, spoil the child. If you don't discipline them now, the world will, or the jails will, or the grave will. So it's good to have a healthy fear of God. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm so glad that God has given, I don't know about you, but me common sense, to know that God is nothing to play with. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people just don't know that God is nothing to play with. Praise God. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 1 and 7. Um, We also need to know. And I'm trying to get this scripture. We must fear the Lord before he can teach us. Who is the man that fears the Lord? The Bible says, him shall he teach in the way he chooses. When you fear God, you will come to know God. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you know God, it will show. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4 and 8. If you know God, it will show. It's going to show if you you know God by the way you act, by the way you treat others, by the way you repent, and how you forgive, and how you love, and how you pray, and how you spend time with the Lord. All of that is going to show if you say you love God. Praise God. The Bible says that people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Fearing the Lord, it acknowledges God's power over your life. 
when you lack fear of God, you don't fear the consequences of what God can do to you. When you don't fear the Lord, you're walking in rebellion. You're walking in darkness. You're walking as a blind man, not knowing where you're going. Because you don't fear God, you'll live, you'll live a lifestyle for the rest of your life without thinking about God or treating people any kind of way you want to treat them. And not even knowing the consequences of what's going to happen at the end. Ain't even thinking about the end. Because he has not judged you yet. You think that judgment is not coming. Praise God. The Bible says that the unbeliever does not fear God, but turns their back on him. God said, you have forsaken the Lord your God, and the fear of me is not in you. And that's Jeremiah 2 and 19. The fear of the Lord is not in you. It's a terrible thing to live your life in so much pride and arrogance that you don't even fear God. That's a terrible thing. Praise God. God requires you for, to fear him, to walk in all his ways and to love him. That's a requirement of God, a requirement. If you go to the court and that person has the ability to sentence you to life in prison for a crime that you may have committed that is serious, when you're standing up there, and he's about to read that judgment, I guarantee you, you would be in fear. And if you can fear an earthly man or woman, how much more than this God of the universe can not only kill the body, but cast the spirit into everlasting torment. I think we get it kind of twisted that we're fearing the wrong people uh, we fear, we're fearing man but we're not fearing God praise you Lord don't fear those who can kill the body but who cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell Matthew 10 and 28 that's the thing we need to be concerned about. A lot of people, they just water down the fearing of the Lord. Oh, oh no, you're not supposed to fear him. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. You know, you are. I'm not watering this now. You are supposed to fear him. You're supposed to have a reverential fear. But there's another aspect that you're supposed to fear too. Not just his awe. Not just his majesty and his glory. There's an element of God that it is wise for you to have godly fear on the inside of you. That's wisdom. Um, the psalmist says, my flesh trembles for fear of you. And I am afraid of your judgments. Psalms 119, 120. 
He said, my flesh trembles for fear of you. And I am afraid of your judgments. Man, let me tell you. What if you were to die right now without the Lord? I guarantee you that when you close your eyes in death and those demonic spirits come and take your soul down into hell, I guarantee you that if you had a chance to do it all over again, you would, you would fear the Lord all of your days. You would serve him all of your days because in that you have realized the error of your ways. Because when you get into torment, into hell, it's no getting out. If that's your final judgment, it's no getting out. Now God can take you there in a dream or in a vision or whatever. And even in that, I guarantee if you have one of those experiences, you'll fear God. Sometimes God has to wake us up so we can fear him. Hey guys, that's all for today. Speaking about the spirit, the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I'm going to be back real soon. This is Bond Radio, Carrie B, Voice Over Nations. Guys, be blessed. I'll talk to you soon. Take care.